Welcome to the PRISM Education Center podcast. PRISM Education Center is a K-12 school committed to building principled leaders through sound values, solid culture, and strong community. PRISM Education Center is a Northgate school, and this is our podcast. Welcome to the PRISM Podcast. It is Monday, April 20th, and I am here today with Ms. Lindsay Nichols, Director of Educational Excellence at PRISM Education Center. Say hello, Lindsay. Hi, everybody. And Ms. Rachel Wall, Director of Administration who and the person who handles all things financial and procedural. Ms. Rachel Wall, say hello. Hello, everyone. All right. And today we are going to talk about Mindsets for Reopening America. We over the the weekend, or actually last Thursday and Friday, the the president first un, um, released a document and held a press conference um, titled "Opening Up America Again" and released some guidelines for that governors and states could use to kind of guide them as we begin the process and the journey of coming back to whatever normal is going to be when we get back. Um, On Friday, Governor Hutchinson, Governor Asa Hutchinson in Arkansas talked a little bit about how this would apply to Arkansas and what those guidelines would look like here. And even went so far as to set a date for when we would go into phase one. And so what we want to do today is we want to talk about these guidelines just very generally, not in depth. Um, for our, our PRISM families, we are going to host a virtual town hall on tomorrow night on Tuesday. And we're going to talk a little bit more um, about potential options Um you know, for each of these phases. But what we're going to do right now is just talk through the phases very briefly. And then we're going to jump into, um, you know, some of the, some of the challenges of each phase and some of the things that families and parents especially can think about as they walk their kids through this. So the first thing is this, um, I think they call it gating criteria. In other words, the guidelines for when you can start, uh, to, to open back up your state and to open back up your economy. And those guidelines require, um, a dramatic decline in, in cases and a, uh, a trajectory that is downward for people getting sick, people getting hospitalized all sorts of things like that. Again, we're not really going to go into much detail for all of that. It also talks a little bit about um, the requirements um, for states to have the equipment they need to to move forward. And so that's kind of interesting because that has been one of the concerns um, nationwide, I think, from what, what I understand, is that people don't have the 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 PPEs, they don't necessarily, testing isn't very strong. Um, in Arkansas, at least, our governor said that we do feel like we yeah. have the testing resources, right, Rachel? Uh, Rachel yeah. and I are kind of um, Governor Hutchinson and and Secretary Nate Davis junkies. We watch them every day at one thirty. Yeah. Got our alarm set for one thirty <laughs> every day. And for our watch parties. Sometimes do Zoom, watch party. Zoom meeting yeah. watch parties. Yeah. And so, um, and what they, they have been t- saying that you know, they do feel like we are on a, a decline. We'll see how, how long that lasts. But um, but they one of the things that we are seeing in Arkansas is a decline in the number of cases. A huge reason for that decline is that people are staying away from each other. Yeah. People right. are social distancing. And way so, to go, Arkansas. Way to go, Arkansas. Way to go, guys. Actually, really, way to go. Um, 
And then once you get to that criteria for 14 straight days where you are on a declining trajectory, then you get to enter phase one of three phases for reopening your economy, reopening the business networks and and all of that. Um, And a part of that would be schools. And so um, the big thing in phase one, uh, and, and our governor has said they think that we could be there by May, May 4th. 4th. Yeah. Um, no Star Wars jokes allowed. Oh, Actually, there will ahead. be, though. May the 4th be with you. I can't believe there hasn't been already. No. I, I, yeah. Uh, if it happens on May 4th, it's going it's it's to be gonna real. It's going to go crazy, yes. Um, so once you get into that reopening, and I think that this is the thing to to understand is that once you start the process of reopening, there's a three-phase process. And what no one is really saying out loud is how long each of these phases will last. And there's, um, you know, a lot of hope surrounding just the, even the idea of reopening the economy. At least that's how I interpret the headlines and reopening business and things like that. But it, it seems like there's also some caveats where you don't get to progress in the stages or even stay in phase one or phase two or phase three unless you continue to improve. Yeah. Yeah. To have a lower trajectory and there can't be a rebound in cases or anything like that. And so I think those are the big things to know. Still a lot of unknown. Yeah. There's still a lot of unknown and there's still a lot of, I mean, you could be in phase one for for quite a while. You could Mm -hmm. be in phase two for quite a while. We just don't know. So phase one means that all vulnerable... Um, let me just go through. I'm going to just read these guidelines. All vulnerable individuals should continue shelter in place, which we don't technically have a shelter in place here. Um, but but basically, that's what they're encouraging um, all vulnerable individuals to do. Um, all individuals, when in public, should maximize physical distance from each other and stay more than and and limit social settings to less than ten people. Avoid socializing in groups of more than ten people and minimize non-essential travel. Um, that's what it should be like for the individuals, for the businesses. Um, they're encouraging businesses in phase one to continue to telework and to return to work in phases if possible, to close common areas at business offices, minimize non-essential travel, and make special accommodations for vulnerable populations. Schools and organized youth activities will continue to be closed in that setting, as will senior living facilities and hospitals. Large venues could operate like uh, movie theaters and sporting venues under strict physical distancing protocols, so as long as you could stay six feet apart at all times, but that it's not schools, that's large venues, churches, sit-down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, and then elective surgeries could possibly resume, gyms can open if they adhere to strict physical distancing and sanitation protocols, and bars should remain closed. The thing to note about phase one, in my opinion, is that it doesn't look a whole lot different than what we're doing right now. Yeah, Yeah, not too different. Agree or disagree? I would agree with that. I feel like there's some things, though, like gyms reopening, movie, movie theaters, theaters mm-hmm. being able to go to a restaurant and sit six feet apart. All very social. Yeah. With less than 10 people. With less than 10 people. But like right now, you can't so even... sporting events with less than oh, 10 yeah. people. Sporting I'm events, saying. no. Sporting yeah. events, no. But you know me. I don't go to a lot yeah. of sporting events. I'm thinking about yeah. like, I'll go to the movie theater to see a movie. Yeah, I think the sporting events are the thing that's been hard for some yes. of the people in the Newcomb family. So we're it's watching probably the thing. that. And, and I don't understand what this means. To be honest, I'm not an yeah. expert on reopening America. Um, and so I don't know if they mean truly less than 10 people in the entire gym movie, or why. Yeah, or the movie theater. Yeah. Like, what is that? And I'm sure all those people don't have those answers either. Yeah, everyone I've talked to about anything inside of yeah. this is like, we don't really know. And that's kind of the mm-hmm. thing to, to keep in mm-hmm. mind. So phase two, um, 
So phase one, especially for Arkansans, I think that might feel very different for some people. We've got friends in other states, and it certainly sounds like their world is a little bit different than ours right now. Right. They can't leave their homes after five o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, they have some a lot stricter protocols than we have in the state of Arkansas right now, mandatory, not voluntarily ones. And so, um, you know, possibly that would be different for other people, but that doesn't seem very different for us. The big thing about phase two is that um, vulnerable individuals still shelter in place, non-essential travel can resume, and people and can be out in parks, outdoor rec areas, shopping areas, in social settings uh, with less than 50 people instead of less than 10. In this phase, uh, they encourage schools to, or they encourage people to continue to telework when possible and feasible, um, closing the common areas, closing non-essential travels, making making special accommodations, but they say schools can organize youth activities, including daycare and camps, can reopen. So I think a lot of people saw that and and felt sort of hopeful. The challenge there is that you're supposed to stay to less than 50 people. And so I've been reading up from all the education people that I know of, and the big question is, how exactly should we hold school with less than 50 people? Yeah. These two things cannot coexist. Any thoughts, Rachel? That's not exactly possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, that seems to be a little bit tough. And so I think especially, you know, at, at PRISM, we have different sectors of our school. There's the elementary sector, and they have one building. There's the preschool sector, and they have one building. There's the sixth to 12th grade crew, and they have one building. And for the most part, none of those buildings hold more than 50 people. Yeah, it's actually for us. For us. Being small is a benefit here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my son, who is 11 years old yesterday, actually he's 12, <laughs> looked at me and said, how is such and such school going to do that? Because he knows yeah. they're a lot bigger than us. And for us, it would be feasible. Um, you know, it feasible with some accommodations. Oh, yeah. Still um, some changes to be Because you're, they're still suggesting that with 50 people there, you still stay f- six feet apart. That will be tricky for us. <laughs> it's going to be interesting with kids As, as everyone general. probably listening probably knows. Yeah, yeah. So that's special. Um, or with preschoolers. Yeah, which they, you know, right now they're saying in child care facilities, social distance as you can. And the truth is you can't very well. And we have done things like we limit our group sizes to 10. At no point, not even outdoor time, are they allowed to be out there with more than than 10 students at a time. And we try to keep it the same 10 Mm -hmm. all the time. And so, so, you know, I think there's some options if, if, if this happened during the summer, if this happened during the fall, there would be some options that probably other people aren't thinking about right now. But those of us in, in, uh, you know, in closed doors and rooms are talking, well, if they did really let us have 50 people, what would that look like for us? If we were limited to 10, um, still in the summer, what would that look like for us? And and I think there's a lot of questions like would families feel comfortable even with ten? Right, would families yeah. yeah. So those are those are big questions inside of all of this. And then you get to phase three, and um, this is where things start to really gradually states with no evidence of a rebound that satisfy the gating criteria criteria for a third time. Um, th- then vulnerable individuals start to resume public interactions. Low risk populations um, should still consider minimizing time spent in crowded environments, resume unrestricted staffing of work sites, visits to senior care facilities and hospitals can resume. Won't that be nice? That will be nice. It'll be so nice. Very nice. Large venues can operate under limited physical distancing protocols. Gyms can remain open if they adhere to standard sanitation protocols and bars may operate with increased standing room occupancy where where applicable. And so even in phase three, there's still some limitations. And I mean, I guess the assumption is that later on, 
you begin to resume. Yeah, I guess it never does actually address the whole 50 people issue. In this one, it doesn't actually and say it, now you can have more than 50 people, does yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It, but it does say things like unrestricted. Right. Yeah. Um, and then um, each phase of this guidance addresses those aspects of daily life for which restrictions remain appropriate due okay, to COVID. Okay, that makes sense. And then. so I think theoretically there would be a day where you're not in a phase, but no one's really talking about that day right now. Yeah, we're not yeah. there yet. And I, I believe, Rachel, I don't know if you were listening on Saturday, but when Governor Hutchinson was asked a question, he essentially said, hey, we're not going to be back until there's a vaccine. Yeah. And he almost, I couldn't tell if he was implying that we wouldn't be to stage three until there was a vaccine or if we wouldn't be to the yeah. post-stage three world until there was so a vaccine. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I think ahead. the biggest thing that's just unknown is, you know, we've got a plan for these phases and we... You know, we like the sequential nature of one, two, three. Yeah. But we don't know exactly, you know, yeah. once phase one is implemented, if there's a huge surge in cases again, you know, we right. might have to step back out or at phase two that could happen and have to go back to phase one. Yeah. And I think or that's how the long part, each stage will last. How exactly. long each one will last. And so that's you know, we, <laughs> that right. it, it is it is what it is. But I think it, we're looking easily still and and I am not a doctor. I am not an epidemiologist. I love it that I just said that word right. It always takes me a it's couple like rounds. Did you one of those really fast um, things they do at the end of prescription commercials? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimers. We are not professionals. But and it know doesn't everything about seem this. feasible for things to. Um, I just feel like we're looking at a year. I mean, I, I, that's a, I feel like I'm making a really like bold a statement rebound. right now. Well, and even then, I think we're looking at a year of changes yes. of shifting circumstances where we're pausing, we're reevaluating things, take a step forward or take a step back. We reevaluate. Yeah, we make, look at it. And so that's kind of, for me as a school leader, whether I'm right or not, it helps me to frame it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll just, just say, be prepared for change. Yeah, I'm just saying we've got a year of change ahead of us. And I think that that's where we wanted to just talk as a crew. What does a year of change look like? And if you're a parent, how can you best prepare yourself and your family for a year of change? Then that's why we want to have a town hall tomorrow night with our, our families. But let's just talk for the next few minutes for yep. all the families out there, okay? And I think the first step, what we really need to acknowledge is that we have to become a people who are comfortable with change and who become adaptable and who become flexible. And I'll just say, I don't know that that's how I would describe my native self. <laughs> the the planner in me um, really, you know, this is the time of year that actually we would be wrapping up our plans for yeah, the next right. year and really start to plan out the execution of it. We would be done budgeting. We would be done recruiting. We would be done are, are coming to the final stages of all of that and getting ready to execute training and facility plans. Gearing up for the next year exactly. all the way. And we're not doing that right now. Right now we're saying we have to be as administrators people who can handle change. We have to be people who can manage and be adaptable. And so um, that's what we want to talk to families about. Step one would be, I think, just have a mindset shift that, that, that the uncertain is the normal right now. The, and that's okay. Uh, and that's okay. Yeah. I think embracing that is important. Embracing that it's okay to not know, mm-hmm. even day to day, right. it's okay to not know what the best thing is to do. Yeah. I think that the, our, our political leaders are trying to, with this three-phase approach, are trying to say, here's our plan to get to get on a road back to normal. But the reality is they aren't telling us everything because they don't know everything. Mm-hmm, and I'm right. not sure they're comfortable saying that. And um, boy, it would be nice if this wasn't an election year because I think that people might be a little bit more 
I don't know, realistic, but it's hard. It's hard. You know, there's a lot of competing. Um, I'll probably regret saying all that later, just so y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> so please forgive me. Um, but I will just say, I think that as leaders, they want to say, here's our three-step approach to moving yeah. forward. And there's an expectation that someone will tell them something. But the reality is there's a whole lot that we don't this know. This is unprecedented. Exactly. There's and so, no one that can know no what's one, going yeah. on here or exactly how to handle it or what to do. Right. And so the biggest thing is, let's just say... The next year is going to be a year full of change, full of uncertainty, and we are going to be on a journey to, for uh, of learning how to how to be okay with yeah. that and how right. to move forward yep. inside of that those sort of circumstances. And for those of you who are part of Prism, you know we are embracing that as leaders, and we're developing a couple different plans. But we're also saying, and here's points where we think we should check in and say. Is this still possible? Is this still feasible? And that's sort of how we're approaching it. So you've got plans, um, and planning is. Uh, Ike, President Ike Eisenhower said, "Planning is invaluable. Plans are worthless." And the idea behind that is that plans don't always go as yeah. you know as you thought they would. But that's how you that's how you move forward. So then the next thing is uh, mindset. How do you help build your family in in a season of uncertainty? And I think the first thing we have to do is adjust ourselves because if you are struggling with that, let me assure you, your kids are going to struggle with that. And yeah. so, um, and you guys, please just jump in, interrupt me anytime. But I think your kids really need um, to be dealing with parents who are set and stable, who are who are, you know, emotionally geared up for this. And that's why we're breaking the hard news to you today. Um, if it is, if you're one of those people that likes to plan, this is tough news. And yeah. we're just going to tell you straight, there's uncertainty yeah. ahead and you have to be okay with that. And you have to get yourself in a real stable place. Yeah. And and you have to model that okayness uh, mm-hmm. in front of your kids. I know for me, this is, we've kind of taken an approach in our home that we live by faith. And a whole lot of living by faith means we don't always know the answers, that we know where where we feel like we're supposed to go, the next step that we're supposed to go in, in and the next step we're supposed to take. And that's you know, sort of our modus operandi. Yeah. And so that that's helpful in these times to have yeah. already have a little bit of a muscle of living by faith. And for those of you in PRISM, you know that that's how we've tried to run the school is, and we said, I remember, I, I was looking back at some of the winter banquets, which are kind of these um, milestones inside of our development and some of the, the things that we've said at those. And in 2016, it was the we still didn't know that we were moving into the building that we're in now, but we knew a change was coming. Yeah. And one of the things that we said that we had learned in our first five years of operation was we walk by faith and not by sight. Right. And you can't always see what's right in front of you. And so you just have to keep walking in faith that God is with us, He's helping us, and we're yeah. going to stay afloat. And that's where, that's where I'm standing. Yeah. And I think that's a position that, you know— you, everyone has got to be solidified in because it's what I'm seeing, whether it's friends on Facebook, friends mm-hmm. from the PRISM community, families that I'm helping to support, is that there is the requirement to start walking our kids through that as well. Exactly. Bringing them to a more stable position yes. of believing yeah. and, and having faith. Because I know, and I think it was addressed this Monday morning about endurance, having endurance. Yeah. And I'm seeing that through lots of different families that yeah. a lot of kids are waking up this morning saying, yeah, I think I'm tired 
tired of this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm tired of not seeing my friends. I think there yeah. are more and more families being affected, whether it's financially, whether yes. it's knowing someone, yeah. whether it's not being able to see a loved one that's in a nursing home. Right. I think it's starting to wear. Mm-hmm. And I think... It feels less like vacation with yes. work. And yeah. more right. like... For the kids. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think, think it ever felt like vacation no, I don't think it for ever me. did. I don't think it ever did for the adults, but it's almost like we were able to stand in a position of like telling the kids, it's, yeah. it's going to be fine. It's yes. going to. Yeah. But mm-hmm. all of those like simple explanations mm-hmm. for what's going on are quickly starting to run out. Yeah. It feels like yeah. it's taking too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like adults and parents, we have to stand in the place now yeah. of being able to be more solidified ourselves with what's going on and, and come into a place of acceptance to be able to stand with our kids truth because yeah. right. they can't we can't just keep saying yeah. it's fine it's mm-hmm. fine it'll be better tomorrow I'm really sad too yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean there's got to be a place where parents can work through this stuff mm-hmm. on in their own hearts about what's going on in them mm-hmm. so that their kids can actually follow in right. that like yeah. a slipstream I mean yeah. the way mm-hmm. that works on the interstate mm-hmm. you can drive faster and use less fuel when you drive behind someone mm-hmm. it's the same way with our kids when mm-hmm. we go through things yep we provide Very the ability yeah. for mm-hmm. them to be able to come in right behind us and be able to for it not to be so hard and that's what we want for our kids yeah. we don't want them to struggle like we do yeah so it's we true. have to work through yeah. stuff inside yeah. of our own hearts so that they can be behind yeah. us. And it's hard to boldly hold a, a standard or boldly declare, like, we are moving forward with faith. We're moving forward with joy. We're moving forward with with optimism if we're not really moving forward with faith, joy, and optimism ourselves. And so, yeah, yeah great, great thing. Yeah. I think just, yeah, moving from that position of this is temporary uh, yeah. to that long-term kind of endurance yes. mentality is so important because, you know, it's not only, and just seeing that it is, it is possible. Yes. It is possible to make that shift. I think if we had maybe just a month or two of this and we were continuing with that, oh, let's just get through it, it, you know, then we, we could all do that. But yeah. it's like what now the the requirement is changing. Yeah. And so I think just that having that process of going through that and saying, I can do this. I can, I can shift. Um, but recognizing that it's it may not happen automatically. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. there's a process there of kind of reconciling yes. some stuff <laughs> within yeah. yourself. Yeah, you have to be very deliberate because w- one of the things that we say a lot at Prism is you're always building something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the the question is, are you building deliberately or not? And what you want to say, I want to use this time. This is not my preference. This is not what I want, right. but I want to get out of this experience as good much things. as I can. Yeah, get ring this situation out. And so to do that, you have to kind of set your mindset and say, I'm gonna, I'm going to to build with my family in this season, not because I feel good about it, because it, it's just like what we talked about in the morning meeting this morning, endurance. It's like we're running a marathon, and a marathon feels very, very bad at certain points in a marathon. <laughs> yes. The training, the preparation it's like a marathon for you didn't sign up for either. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's definitely a marathon you didn't sign up for. No one signed up for this. And so you have to really say, we didn't get a chance to prepare, so right now in the moment, I'm going to have to learn how to breathe differently. I'm going to learn how to have, oh, yeah, that's a great you know, do things differently and 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 you have to really set your mind and say I have to now recognize that this is going to be more permanent at least parts of it and I have to adjust my heart and I have to adjust my mindsets if I'm going to help my kids and then I think um, begin to really make those declarations and next week I'm going to have um, some other people on here and we're going to talk about how to build that family culture and how to build that family identity especially as we go through things like this but not just going through 
you know, global pandemics, just how to do it on a day-to-day yeah. basis. And, and, but I think, so we're talking about parents engaging in the process, setting your mindsets, walking your kids through that, making those, those bold declarations, proclamations, walking by faith, teaching your kids how to walk by faith through all this, teaching your kids to endure. And then, um, third, I think just applying a solid dose of compassion to yeah. your kids as yeah. they, um, and that's something and I've to seen. To each other, your yeah, spouses, to your spouse, yeah, anyone exactly. in your home. I've been so grateful because I feel like most of the time I'm good. I mean, I'm, I, I, there have been parts of this that have been tough, but there's been enough demand for others, you know, just having four kids in the home and having a school to run. There's that it's been easier for me to say, I have to stay a little bit ahead of the curve in, at least in our home to be able to pull everyone else up. And I've kind of known that, and that's been really helpful, but in those moments where it's been hard and it's been, um, days even where it's been hard, um, it's been nice to have compassion extended to me. And I, I'm seeing the wear and tear even in our home on certain ones of our kids different ones seem to hit it at different times different yeah. personalities mm-hmm. um or you'll watch them ways. have a recollect a realization that oh that's not happening at all this year mm-hmm. <laughs> this thing that I right. really cared about you'll see it happen like at the dinner table when we're talking and all of us have kind of already passed that in our mind and you'll see it hit someone you'll see it on their face you'll watch the disappointment and I think in those moments it's okay to just say hey that's hard isn't it that's you know give apply a good healthy dose of compassion and and be merciful in the process do y'all yeah. have any Anything else to say about that? No, I just think it's so important, really. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, we're all, I think just having compassion for everyone. I think oftentimes yeah. when we are in a place of disappointment, we tend to lash out at yeah. others yeah. In, in small ways. Yeah. Right. And I think it's just such an important time, even with your coworkers, I mean, to just recognize we are all in a place of instability. We've yeah. all been put in a new place and yeah. everyone's trying to figure things out, even for our political leaders. That's like, yeah. I think it's yeah. just a season to exercise compassion yeah. right. and, and just recognize you can only can someone, a teacher put a quote on our thread this morning about the weather yeah. that it was like an inspirational quote of some kind. And it basically was saying like the weather is unpredictable and you can't control it. The only thing you can control is your response to the weather. Right. And it's kind of the season we're in. Yeah. We yeah. have to take care of us and our response to what's going on around us and have compassion for people when they have different responses than us. Right. Yeah. And have compassion for yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cause that's what ultimately it, that's where that that's going to extend from right. is, you know, yes, we, we wrestle ourselves with our own emotions and our yeah. own disappointments and mm-hmm. things like that. We have compassion on ourselves, but we also don't stay there. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a good thing. Have compassion with your kids, but also don't let them stay there. Help yeah. them out. Help them. Sometimes they need you to pull them up either with yeah. just the expectation that they come up or yeah. the modeling, things like that. You can listen to our podcast on boundaries. So yeah. Exactly. It really, it's a mix of boundaries and compassion. It really Boundaries is. and compassion. That is what working they with people is about. Yeah. They don't cancel each other out. Just yeah. because you have compassion doesn't mean you exactly. lower the standard. Yes. So it's like, I know this is hard. It, it, uh, compassion is more of a heart a heart mindset, (laughs) you know, the mindset of your heart, the position of your heart. You can hold someone to a boundary and still have compassion. Yes. And still recognize this is tough for you. And that what that does is it kind of keeps some of the frustration, the parental frustration down when you realize they are probably responding to, with these emotions because they don't have the words to express this disappointment. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to let them just get away with that lash out. Yep. And, or it doesn't mean that if I'm the one lashing out, I don't go apologize. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to all grow through this. Yes. And I think it's interesting, you know, I can look back at our family and we've had a lot of conversations with our kids because it has been quiet 
relative mm-hmm. to our normal world is pretty fast paced yeah. and our, um, and there've been a lot of, a lot of, I mean, we just don't miss dinner time together. No one does. Never happens anymore. <laughs> Cause we what also don't else miss making do? dinner. Yes, exactly. It's a little bit of a disappointment sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could just stop making dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but while we sit at the table, we've had, uh, we've had some really fun conversations just about past and memories. And what I'm, I'm, there's just a pattern of some of the most challenging circumstances for us as a family have been some of the best seasons for us. And a lot of our memories, a lot of the kids' memories, that's what's emerging is the sense of those moments were actually things that when you were aware of them, it actually shaped your worldview. It actually shaped your identity. And it actually, I mean, they have, they have very vivid memories of us getting a breakthrough or us talking about, hey, we're going to go through this journey together. This is a shift in employment. This is a shift here and we have to go through. And I, you know, they didn't feel good at that time, but it, it was, it, it, those are the moments mm-hmm. that have shaped us. And I have um just kind of a, a short story. When I was about 18 years old, right before, I don't know if everybody knows this, but I got married really young. Clay and I got married when I was 18 years old and I was living at home and our family went through my, my, you know, not mine and Clay's family, but my birth family, my family of origin, uh, went through a pretty traumatic event right around the time I was 18. And my mom always had this this lotion. I mean, this was the 90s, and Bath and Body Works were a big thing. All the rage. All the rage. Mm. And um, she had this lavender lotion that I hated the smell of. I mean, just hated it. And she put it on every night. My, my mom has this thing about... Um, Right before she goes to bed, she would put on lotion. And a lot of times I would be in, in her room or be near her when that lotion came out. And I just remember I didn't like it at all. Like I didn't, I did not like the smell of it. And I would say, she would say, do you want some? And I'd be like, no, I don't like the way that smells. I don't want that on my hands all night long to smell while I'm sleeping. And anyway, like five, five or seven years, I mean, it was a long time, like maybe even 10 years went by and I smelled something. I, I think we might've even been in there, but I smelled something and it smelled just like that lotion. And remember, I didn't like the smell of this mm-hmm. lotion. And when I smelled it, it immediately brought back really, it made me feel happy. Mm-hmm. It made me, yeah. it brought back this this peace and this sense of happiness. And I'm telling you, it was a traumatic experience we were going through. The reason I was in her room is because we had lots of talks and lots of conversations mm-hmm. as a family. It was not a season of happiness. It was a season mm-hmm. of intense difficulty that can only be described as trauma, as mm-hmm. as kind of a life traumatic experience. And I I thought it was so interesting. It took me a second to place it. And the second I placed it, it was like happy memories. And yeah. and it just sort of kind of, it was the sensory thing that happened to me that I didn't have any, any time to think through or any time to process through. It was just like, that smell makes me happy. And it was so interesting. And I realized how you go through some of your most difficult you know, if you go through it well, if you process is, process it together, then it really does shape your life. And yeah. it builds these things, truly diamonds, you know, jewels, treasures in your heart, treasures in your family. And we're seeing that through some of the conversations with our kids and through some of those things that it it is the difficult moments bear such rich fruit yep. when you dig your heels in it. It doesn't mean that you're always perfect. So have compassion on yourself. It doesn't mean that every moment is happy. So have compassion on yourself, have compassion on your kids, but let's engage as a community 
Let's engage as people who walk by faith through this and who let it build the good and precious fruit that it has the capacity to build in this season. And I really want, if I could give anyone the gift of, uh, you know, if I could just have a magic wand that I went and touched everyone, including my own uh, head with, what I would say is the gift, the thing that we need the most right now is the capacity to shift our mindsets and to dig in and to really use this time as a time to build with our families in the highs, in the lows, when we're losing jobs, when we don't have the money, when we do have the money, but we don't have the, the people around us that we want in all those situations. And there's a lot of them that could arise right now. Let's, let's all commit to, to adjusting our mind and, and to adjusting our hearts and walk through this season uh, from a position of faith and to walk through it with a mindset of, what can we build in this season? What, how can we grow in this season? And how can, we, how can we shepherd our kids through this process in a way that it is like that bad-smelling lavender lotion that when, they, <laughs> yep. when they smell it in, in the years to come, that it brings joy to their heart because they remember how we walked through it as a family. So I hope to see most of you tomorrow night at, the, at, our, at our town hall where we talk through more specifics. But until then... Have a great week. We wish you well, and let's all endure together. This podcast is a production of Prism Education Center. You can subscribe to this podcast through any platform you access quality podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Find out more about Prism Education Center by visiting our website at www.prismeducationcenter.org.